Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Judson Coulter, the CEO and director of Rover Metals. Mr. Coulter, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Maurice. Having me back, actually. <laughs> well, glad to have you back on the program. We last spoke in January of 2018, and since then, Rover Metals has completed their IPO and implemented a methodical process of building an exploration company that is positioning itself for success from land acquisitions, permit approval, OTC listing, option agreements, and completed the first phase of the 2018 exploration program. But before we begin, Mr. Coulter, for first-time listeners, who is Rover Metals? Rover Metals, we are a precious metal and specifically gold. Our gold is our current focus. We're a precious metal exploration company and uh, we're uh, co-listed in uh, the United States as well as, uh, as, well as Canada on the Toronto Venture. Um, we're currently operating in, uh, in and around Yellowknife, Northwest Territories, one of the most mining friendly jurisdictions um, in Canada and for North America for that matter. And I say that just because that's where our diamond mines are. That's historically where several of our gold mines have been. Um, it's really the primary employer in the Northwest Territories. Outside of government, mining is it. Share with our audience why Rover Metals has received so much interest here of lately. I think uh, that's a two-pronged sort of answer. I think uh, first, first off is just credibility. I mean, uh, going back two years, if you know, I mean, especially we we've done the the January 2018, but we also did a, a 2017 call with you, Maurice. And I think you know, going back to 2017, if you listen to that that interview, and we talked about how we were going to go public and how we were going to uh, drill our resources and how we were going to look to add um, new resources in the similar area code of of Yellowknife. Um, we've done all that, and so I think um, you know. Our shareholders are, are loyal, our existing shareholders. We've got a lot of credibility with them. We get a lot of word of mouth. And um, and I think that goes a long way in a market that's really just, uh, you know, can be a little bit oversaturated in the junior mining space with, uh, you know, which projects or which management teams do you back? And I think, you know, really that, uh, that we've gotten recognition for that now. And I, I think that's really helping to drive our, our current success. If you look in the market, um, just our daily trading volume uh, and, you know, just our, our current market cap. And the second prong sort of answer to that question is, is really, I think, just the projects themselves. Um, you know, we've got the Cabin Lake project is really what the market is asking for, and, and that's why we bought it. I mean, we've got this, um, what will be considered when we drill it for the first time in 30 years, a high-grade gold historical resource that, has got those those super high grades that uh, you know the market wants to see as you know recognition that this really could be a you know the next gold mine in in you know in the area that we're in. Um, not to mention the project itself has got all the things you want. It's got the infrastructure around it, the hydro uh, roads, all, um, you know all all the accessibility and um, and you know proven proven area of, of just past producers. So. You know, I think it's it's a credibility of the management team and the assets that are really starting to speak for themselves and also just awareness that we are uh, pretty near drilling in, in the not-too-distant future. So I think people are, are wanting to get involved. 
Judson, what is the driving thesis for Rover Meadows in regards to the Cabin Lake Gold Project? The driving thesis is not changed. It's the same thesis that um, in the late uh, 1980s they started drilling. Um, there's a project called the Lupin Gold Mine that produced from 1983 to 2003 in the north, and it's an iron formation, super high-grade gold. And so the thought of the time was to go and find another one, and that's what they thought they had here. This is when Kaminko and Freeport McMorrin and then Ava Resources, that's what they thought they had here. And they drilled 7,500 meters of at or near surface iron-hosted high-grade gold, um, and the only reason they stopped is because uh, somebody found kimberlites um, a few years after and the diamond boom and the territories began. And so this project uh, just kind of sat on the back burner as a result of that. Aber Resources, the owner at the time, of course, went on to uh, be the, the, find the kimberlites at Diavik. So, um, and that's kind of uh, really sort of some of the color on, you know, why this project is just now kind of coming back to life. Talk to us about the business acumen here. When and how was Rover Metals able to acquire the Cabin Lake Gold Project in such a highly contested and sought-out district? No, I mean, it wasn't uh, on paper. It wasn't easy, but I just figured when we looked at the business case, which was there was a few things, and I'll go into detail on that, I figured that, you know, listen, with a little bit of uh, just rolling up your sleeves and getting up there and meeting the right stakeholders and, you know, and... and just recognizing that uh, this is an area that needs new minds and new projects. Um, you know, I didn't think it would be like other areas in British Columbia, for example, where BC trying to get First Nation and Dorsal can be very difficult. I mean, there's so many competing industries that people can, you know, really uh, make a way of life in, in a new jurisdiction like British Columbia. Whereas, you know, knowing a little bit about uh, the Northwest Territories, this is two years ago. Um, you know, knowing that uh, this is this mining is a big deal up there, and people want to see projects succeed. So, you know, when we went into the Cabin Lake project, we knew we had to get a couple things in order to get permits. We knew we had to get our neighbors, the First Nations, so like the Kalisho First Nations, on board. But we also did our homework and 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 knew that the the Kalisho had previously worked with Fortune Minerals as well as Nighthawk Gold um, to get them started and going and. Um, and uh, so we figured that there was a framework in place and we, and um you know when we got to it there there was a framework in place there was a government that you know had been formed uh you know the Calicho government and a land use uh, formal plan to work within for application permits applications and um so you know once we got to it it ended up only being four months to get it permitted and i think uh you know there was it just it seemed to keep getting easier for us and uh, it ended up being a decision that looks like it's um that was the right one to make regarding mineral rights in your project portfolio are there any reversionary interests in terms of uh nsrs that kind of thing yes sir uh, yeah, there is. There's a 1.5% uh, NSR that we've got uh, viable down to a half percentage point for 250000 per quarter percentage. That's Canadian dollars. And does Rover Metals own the mineral rights outright 100%? That's correct. Yeah, not just at Cabin Lake, but at the Cabin Lake group of projects. The claims themselves are, are 10, 10 kilometers apart, so there's three of them. Um, for the entire group of projects, yes, we have we have the 100% uh, mineral right interest. 
Let's fast forward to 2018 and discuss your exploration program. What were the results from that program and how has that improved the confidence I should in the gold project? Yeah, it, it helped us to better track. What we did is to better track the iron formation. So what we did was um, we spent the six months from March when we acquired the project into October really to digitize all the historical records. So at the time in the 80s, that was meticulously kept, it was handwritten. So we digitized seven banker boxes of data as well as uh, three map boxes. And then we, you know, put that in a GPS and, you know, tag the colors and everything else. And then what we wanted to do to follow on with that data was to run, uh, you know, um, a current modern day geophysical program. And there was a lot of options to us to, to do it in a really economical manner, but also to do it in a very detailed tight formation uh, using a drone. And um, because the mineralization occurs uh, at or near surface, as well as the iron formation itself being at or near surface, it really showed up well um, on the magnetic survey that we flew over the property. And so by interlaying the drill results, as well as uh, the mag the mag survey, our geologist was able to get a better interpretation of the iron formation throughout the project and really that really set the stage for where we are going to um, put the drill when we get to drilling this year in 2019. You know, it actually, it actually um, beyond just the iron formation, what we also realized about the project is the outcropping on either side is quartz. And historically, the quartz had never been tested for mineralization. And so we also did a geochemistry program in October and what that showed us is the, the PPM and PPB reading of, of gold um, you know, from you know, the, the quartz outcrop area suggests that that's also um, very likely to be a, a host for gold on this project and it's never been tested historically. So you know, that's um, the excitement of 2018 and what's led into, you know, so since October, we've then planned, um, you know, our callers for the 2019 drill program, which was always planned to be between March and, and the end of April. Um, and uh, we're still trying to hold to that deadline. Um, you know, that's, we've got, we've got the callers ready to go. I mean, right now, um, I think what we're, what we're needing to do to really uh, just, you know, just start drilling is, is just a small financing that, you know, we're, we'll be talking about probably in the coming week or two here. So. so to review the value proposition we had before us, this is you know, potentially an open pitable early stage brownfield exploration gold project with historical high grade resource next to a new cobalt gold mine. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and that's one thing I didn't touch on is the actual historical resource itself. That's 85,000 ounces that there's um, well, the, the part of that is, I, I would say, unconfirmed in terms of what our current standards allow us to document as a historical resource. So what we're allowed to document, you know, in press releases and everything else is 50,000 50, ounces of roughly 10 to 12 grams per ton. The rest of that 35,000 ounces was never signed off by a QP, but it is in the Norman database um, in the in the Northwest Territories, and it's in the areas of the Andrews Zone, which you know we've documented. So honestly, there was part of internally, you know, we believe that that's a resource, and well, we're going to do the work we need to do under 4301 standards to to take that other 35,000 ounces and get it compliant. But I mean, from our side internally. 
we see this as an 85,000 ounce a resource of 12 grams per ton on average. When we when we talk about it publicly, we have to say 50,000 from a historical resource perspective. But yeah, and you're absolutely right that we're uh, 20 kilometers away from what's looking to be Canada's first cobalt mine. And the reason I say that is, is this project's been 20 years in the making at the feasibility stage and um, I believe they're really just looking to raise the capital to get to work. Um, it's an open pitable uh, cobalt mine but the good news is it's actually cobalt gold bismuth and so there is a gold processor, processor that's going to be built 20 kilometers from us so I mean, I mean what, what better news could you possibly have when you're you know developing a, an at surface resource right? You know, the location in of itself makes the opportunity quite interesting, but to have open pit to me is icing on the cake. Is the goal to sell the project or develop into a commercial scale mine? Uh, definitely the goal is to sell it within the next three years. And so I want to put $10 million in the ground and uh, let's get this wrapped up and sold. End of story. What can you share with us regarding the infrastructure? Infrastructure. So what you're what you see in Yellowknife right now is there. What's going to be coming in the pipeline in the next two to three years is the Pine Point Zinc mine is going back into production, and that's a Cisco. And part of that is twinning the Tolston Hydro down and bringing that into Yellowknife itself, as well as Hay River. And there's going to be federal funding allocated, as well as as uh, territorial, to doing an environmental study that should be announced. Um, in fairly short order this year. And from that environmental survey, really that's going to lead into 20 that power project. And what that does is that upgrades Yellowknife. Uh, when Yellowknife is upgraded, the strut and snare hydro dams, which are located within five kilometers of Camp Lake, one of our claims, that's part of the Cabin Lake group, that power becomes excess power. And so all of a sudden that frees up for you know the, the future the future viability of, of really selling the project is now you've got excess power sitting right there five kilometers away how good is that switching gears let's discuss the team that will make the cabin lake gold project come to fruition beginning at the top who is on rover metals board of directors and advisors keith Minty on our board of directors uh, Keith's put mines into production around the world. Let's just talk about a Canadian one because it's closer to home. So North American Palladium was a project uh, that Keith worked on. He was also a mine engineer at Giant Mine itself, uh, the gold mine that we've talked about previously in Yellowknife. Um, so you know, you know that's 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 one one great example of the leadership on our on our board of directors. Uh, another gentleman, Lou Cavella. Lou is actually uh, the geologist from our Cabin Link project that worked with Grant Thomas at Iowa Resources on the exploration program here in, in the late '80s. And so, who better to help, uh, you know, with with furthering this project than the, the geologist that was last involved with it 30 years ago? Um, not to mention, you know, no one probably knows the the rocks and the geology of the Northwest Territories better than Lou Cavella being uh, co-founder of Cavella Bryan Associates, which is now, of course, Aurora Geosciences in Yellowknife. So, I mean, um, great, a great, great guy to have for a, a northern project. Uh, another one of our from from a permitting and political perspective. Uh, we have uh, Stuart Hodgson's son, Eugene Hodgson, 
Uh, Stuart Hodgson was the commissioner for the Northwest Territories. So um, another great guy for a northern company to have on the team. Um, we've also got uh, Salim Tirani. Salim's worked internationally in mergers and acquisition, has raised over $500 million, not just for mining deals, but just, just for M&A transactions. Worked in Moscow, Russia for 30 years. Um, now he's back in Vancouver, where he's from. Um, so, you know, that's, um, that's a, a pretty good high-level summary of our directors. Uh, our advisory team, the top of that list, uh, probably doesn't need that much of introduction, but I will make one for him. Turkey Angus. Uh, Tukey, of course, last year was involved with the, the mega mega sale of Arizona Mining to South 32, the subsidiary of BHP. That was an all-cash deal. Um, the guy's got multiple billion-dollar tombstone transactions. I believe Nebsum was up quite quite high up there last year as well, closed on New Year's Day. So, you know, Tukey's there, um, you know, as, as an advisor that really uh, will will longer term help us in, you know, three years get this project sold, which is really the value proposition that we're bringing to our shareholders. How about management? Let's start with the CEO, Judson Coulter. What makes him qualified for the task at hand? Well, let's start with uh, a little company called Dolly Martin Silver. I was the co-founder of that in 2010. It had a half a million ounces of silver. Um, today, I think there's well over uh, 50 million ounces, and a good part of that is is indicated. So um, we're doing it again. We're doing it with gold this time, and you know potentially silver. Where we are, as I met, mentioned earlier in the call, we are looking for to expand in the U.S. Um, with U.S. growth, and so that means a U.S. project. It could be silver, it could be gold. Um, my, you know, backing up before Dolly Varden, I worked just within private equity, raising money for startups. So, I mean, you know, I'm kind of a startup guy. Rover's still getting out of that startup stage. That's my passion, is raising startup capital. And, you know, with Rover, we've raised $3 million. Um, across all my deals. I think I've raised uh, about $25 million for Every every sort of startup that I've been uh, involved with, I've been part of a management team that's that's raised that collective. That's my collective total. So um, we're looking to to bring some more juice uh, with that network into Rover as we move forward. Yeah, there was, um, let's also let's go into the rest of the team. And so we've got uh, Ron Wu as our mine engineer. Ron's been with me uh, since basically 2014. Um, helping to find the right projects for Rover. And, you know, Ron's got a great background. Not only is he a mining engineer, he's got an MBA from UBC. Uh, he's worked for some great companies, Ledcore, their mining division, Walter Energy. Uh, started his career at Hunter Dickinson, which is an approach that we use, the Hunter Dickinson-style approach to really acquiring projects, it, you know, kind of summarizing it again, infrastructure, proven location, easy permitting, that kind of thing. Um, so great pedigree, uh, you know, good part of the team. Um, and uh, then we've got Raul Sanibria. He's our uh, VP Exploration, originally from Madrid. Uh, younger guy like myself as well and Ron. Um, and he's got a lot of horsepower and he's a driven, pretty driven guy. He's worked in Colombia. He's worked in BC in the Golden Triangle. He's worked in the Yukon um, with uh, Victoria Gold. And now he's working with us in the Northwest Territories. So, um, Pretty well-rounded management team for the size of company that we are. I mean, 
Uh, honestly, at this point, I don't think we need to layer any new management in. Uh, we've got a CFO uh, shop as well that we're using um, to cover really our CFO resources. So, yeah, I mean, I think for us, we've got the scalability with our management team to add new assets without having to do any hiring probably for at least a year. And it puts us in a pretty awesome position uh, to grow the company, which we, which we want to do to, you know, the 20, 25 million market cap level. Let's discuss some numbers. Please share your capital structure. We've got uh, 47 million shares out today. Um, that's our uh, uh, issued and outstanding common shares. Uh, there are warrants out there. We've got 10 million warrants at 20 cents and 10 million warrants at 25 cents. How much cash and cash equivalents do you have? Treasury sitting today uh, around 450000 and uh, there's been some prepayments for upcoming uh, work commitments regarding our expiration plans for this year, as well as just, um, as I'd mentioned, we're doing a lot of our, our growth um, in terms of our marketing and our shareholder base in the United States. So uh, we've, I think our prepaid balance, if, if you were to look at that uh, as of today, should be around two hundred k. Um, uh, just just in terms of, uh, you know, for, for events, as well as, uh, as I mentioned, expiration planning. So uh, if you add that back to our cash position, around six, 650 in current assets, not too shabby. What is your burn rate? Our burn rate's about uh, $30,000 a month, and that, uh, that just includes all in. We, don't, we purposely don't carry an office in this market, so um, we're, we're a bootstrap company. We, we have home offices, and then you know, we're on the road a lot. We've, we've got an expiration office that uh, um, is free from our expiration partner, Allenife, so that's really where a lot of the hard work gets done. Um, and then uh, there's just no corporate office. I don't, I don't feel that we have a need for that. Um, current. Um, so that helps. How much debt do you have? We have uh, some trade payables of, I think it's roughly 40,000 that we're going to settle in shares. So outside of that, we're, we're, we've got 25,000 in payables on top of that that we're going to pay in cash. Um, and that's just some exploration legacy from last year, uh, some of that, some of that, from that uh, program. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, really 25,000 hard because 40,000 of our payables um, is going to go just be settled in equity. And uh, we've, that's the terms we've negotiated with, with these vendors. So there you go. Who is financing the project and what is their level of commitment? Just uh, sophisticated mining investors. It's been high net worth accredited investors to this point. Um, that will continue until we become a 10 million market cap company plus, because we're just still not able to access institutional funds, um, and and that's fine. And so I think honestly, if we do everything that that we hope we're going to do, um, you know, in the next uh, drilling phase, which we hope is in the next sort of 60 to 90 day window here. Uh, we should be a 10 million market cap plus company and well on our way into institutional money. Who are the major shareholders? Um, I'm a major shareholder. I've been seeding Rover, not just with time, but my own money um, since really inception in 2014. 
Tukey Angus, who we mentioned as being an advisor. Uh, I think he's our, currently our third largest shareholder. Um, and then it really starts to break down um, to smaller tranches. But I, there is a notable name um, on the list, uh, Oshawa, the chairman of GG Gold. He's a relatively large shareholder. Um, but management, you know, included in, uh, Ron Wu. Ron's also seated this company. And so I think Ron's probably uh, fourth largest shareholder. Um, and, and, you know, Keith Minty's a large shareholder and, and some of our other board members. So a percent of our outstanding shares is owned by Insiders Management Board. Um, and uh, that's a good thing because, you know, we're, that means we're, our shares are tied up for for three years and bled over a three-year plan, and that's as it should be. Judson, based on the data available, what type of value proposition do we have in comparing? Well, that's uh, the market price. Let's just say, I mean, I think it should be eight and a half million just on what we sit on today. Like that's my personal opinion. I think we're undervalued, but that's just the reality of um, resource stocks in North America. So. Um, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do what we need to do to take that historical resource and bring it up to the current standards, as well as to just extend where they stopped drilling and to show that this really is a multi-million ounce potential asset. I think we can get there with the drill program that we're planning. Like, you know, we're planning roughly a, a thousand meter program, and I think. The value proposition is we're at a three and a half million market cap today. I think we're going to take it to 10 to 15 million, you know, in the next six months. Hold me to that. I certainly will, sir. Multi-layered question here. What is the next unanswered question for Rover Metals? When can we expect a response? How much will the response cost? And what determines success? That's uh, going to be our Q1 or Q2 expiration drill campaign. I'm just going to caveat that that is subject to a future success financing effort, which we hope to announce in roughly two weeks' time. Um, that will lead into confirmation of the historical high-grade gold results, such as the open pit economics, expand upon the known mineralization and the iron formation, um, as well as to prove up um, a larger area play, and this is more Q2, Q3 work for the Sleeman Lake and Camp Lake claims, which are located 10 kilometers northwest from Cabin Lake. And we'll fly that with an aerial V10 survey. And what that'll show is that the drilling we've done at Cabin Lake and the Iron Formation really just those other two claims are, you know, a district scale extension of the same geology, which everything that we've read historically shows us it is. If investors want to get more information about Rover Metals, please share the contact information. Yeah, absolutely. They can go to uh, www.rovermetals.com. On there, you'll find our social media links, which are you know LinkedIn, Twitter, and our Facebook page. But we also do quite a lot of uh, maintenance of our chat room on CEO.ca, which is just you know the chat room is R O V R and. Uh, feel free to go there. So our, our social media channels really have it daily content. Um, and, you know, we're press releasing every couple of weeks anyways, but uh, a lot of our investors like that, you know, really the daily updates on what's going on, you know, in the Northwest Territory. So like that's the, the best place to stay tuned. You can also submit to our mailing list and we, we typically will do an email update every two weeks as well. And if you go to the bottom of the homepage on the website, 
and just submit your email. That subscribes you to our email mailing list. And last but not least, please visit provenimprobable.com for mining insights and bullion sales. You may reach us at contact at provenimprobable.com. Judson Coulter of Rover Metals, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.